Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and in this show, I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them artists, healers, changemakers, entrepreneurs, about how they put their dreams into action. And today, I have on my show, Aileen Dasharova. Hi, good morning. I'm so excited that you are here. We've known each other for several years, but mm -hmm. we haven't seen each other in a long time. And we've got some catching up to do. We do. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we know each other from the movement classes that I run here in Bedford. Mm -hmm. And you have gone off in some directions. I'd love to hear what you're up to. Great. Well, thank you for having me on. Very excited to be here and to see you. Uh, I do want to say that I loved doing the journey dancing with you. You did a great job. Thank you. you. And Janet, it was really wonderful. And for me, it resonated and aligned to what I do and what I have done for a while. And uh, I began my practice. I have a, a practice in, what do I say, energy body work, energy medicine. There are many terms that one could use for it. I began in 1995 on Nantucket. Uh, I was looking to do something for and with the people on the island friends, family. It was a community that I really loved. Uh, at that time, there was no internet. There was no, you know, we think back, like that was so long ago. Uh, and I, I thought maybe I wanted to osteopathic medicine. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but something was definitely inside urging me. Uh, the osteopathic path didn't work out. I had two small children. I would have had to be on the mainland. That just required a lot of logistics. That was, that was too much. So I started working with someone on the island who did energy body work. His base was in something that's called polarity therapy. There's a lot of things out there that people have heard. Very similar. The idea is that matter follows energy, the flow of energy. And there's many different modalities. Polarity just was the one that I followed up on. And I went off island to Concord, New Hampshire, and I did a lot of training and certification. And I came back and started this practice on the island with uh, doing some intern work with Dr. Walker, who was an osteopathic doctor at the time. And we had a great time. I began working with people for all different reasons. It was exciting. It still is. I can't believe I've been doing it for almost 22 years now. In April, it'll be 22 years that I've been doing this. Wow. Uh, and it just speaks to how interesting, how diverse, um, fascinating, and satisfying working with people doing what we call is energy work. Hmm. Fascinating. I have so many <laughs> questions. <laughs> so, like, why would someone come? to do energy work? What are some of the, the issues that they may have that they say, oh, I'm going to try this? Mm -hmm. People come for all different reasons. And again, I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And I have children, babies, pregnant women, people who are transitioning off the planet. I work with people who are dying and their families. It really truly is what you might think is like an old school family practice. And if we had a word for it, if we could say it was energy medicine or I was a doctor of energy medicine, that, that would summarize what it is that I do. People might come because they have a chronic pain, they might have an illness, they might have been diagnosed with something, they may be looking for a change in their life, which could be 
related to relationship. They might just feel stuck. Sometimes it's anxiety. So people come for any and all reasons that you can think of. And how do they find out about you? Well, that's tricky. Because I am a little old school and I do word of mouth. And so along the years, and on Nantucket, it, it was easy. On the mainland, still thing, a little word of mouth. And people have said to me over the years, doctors included, how can people find you? So I did just start a new website that uh, my work has shifted over the years for some of the focus and how the world is shifting. Before, people didn't know much about energy work. So my language had to be different. Hmm. And now people are more familiar with, with energy work as well as the, um, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, the really all-encompassing resources that I use when I do my work. Hmm. So uh, people can go to my website. Again, a lot of it's word of mouth. I have a Facebook page. I have Twitter. I have some of the usual mm -hmm. simple technology pieces in place. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious about what you said about how you've had to update your language. Can you give an example? Because I, language is so important for entrepreneurs in mm -hmm. sharing what they do. I mean, yes. because people might land on our page or they may hear about us, they come to the website and we want them to feel spoken to. Mm -hmm. So like, how have you noticed that you had to change that when you updated? Yes, that's a great point. Uh, I think the most important thing is that we are as authentic as we can be in that moment for what we offer, which can be difficult because we think we want to speak in a way, express in a way that people will understand. What I do can be very difficult to understand. <laughs> and so I began with it being very simple. I said I was a polarity, I did polarity therapy. I had the, the information about the Polarity Therapy Association and I kept it very uh, uh, sort of scientific. This was the old This way. was the old model, this is mm -hmm. the beginning model. Mm -hmm. Simple card with just a little Diagram. But word of mouth was fantastic. And it was basically people saying, oh, you've got that pain in your arm, you should go see Aileen. Or, oh, your child is having a lot of anxiety or stress in school, go see Aileen. Mm -hmm. Coming here was a little bit more difficult. And it has shifted based on finding, as it, whatever business you have, it's not just writers that have to have, find their voice, everyone needs to find their voice in whatever business they're doing, whatever their passion is, career, job, personal, professional life. Finding the authenticity deep inside yourself and how do you express that? And as, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily want to say confidence, but as the demographics have shifted for me, I still have a family practice, but like I said earlier, people understand it uh, more. They know a little bit more about it. And word of mouth gets out to all of the things that I do. So instead of trying to keep it a pragmatic, almost bulleted thing to say, if you have this symptom, I can help you. I've switched it to say more about a, a description of what I do. Mm -hmm. Because it is not as simple or as, not that it's simple to help everyone, you know, support them in their, their conditions. But it is more like when I work with people, I, I can see, I have this skill that I can see someone's, let's, I'm just gonna use a term higher self. There's a lots of terms that can be interchanged. So I see someone's higher self 
I would describe that as maybe their most authentic self, their peaceful self. Uh, the person who they know that they can be somewhere inside of them, that they yearn to be, that they want to be. Uh, so they come, I can see that. That's who I speak to, that's who I address, that's my relationship when someone comes. There may be resistance, blocks, things that are in the way. I can see what those are. They either tell me, or sometimes I can just see them. I know what they are, that's part of my resources, that's part of the skills that I have. And during the time with me, I gently support them to come to a relationship with those blocks, with those resistance pieces, with those obstacles, and do what I can in a very non-judgmental way to sort of be a, someone once called me a tour guide, and I think that's a, that's a great a term. A tour guide. A tour guide. Because I'm not doing something to someone. If you go somewhere to a doctor or a chiropractor, sometimes you might think people are doing something to your, or telling you uh, to follow a particular pathway. That's not what I do. I see you. And I'm just reintroducing you or mirroring to you or sharing with you what I see about your highest self, things that are true about you. And perhaps it's the anxiety that's getting in the way. Or perhaps it's the diagnosis of cancer that's having someone say, what's going on? I need to make a change. Uh, could be relationships, could be the death of someone. Um, I, have, I have permission to, to share this. There's a woman whose book is in production in a, in a, in a great way. Uh, her son died of a heroin overdose. That's why she came to me. He was 23 years old. And through the process, our process of being together, I didn't know at the time that she was writing notes every time she left me. She wrote everything that happened. And her entire life transformed. So it was the death of her son and someone recommending she come to see me. She didn't even know what I did. Uh, and what I did with her was very distinctly different than something I would do with, if you came to see me. Mm -hmm. Every person is very different. And each session is different from the one before because the person has changed. So uh, people come for all different reasons. I think if I were to say the bottom line is, is that I am the tour guide to support a person and show them that their highest self, their most blissful happiness is possible. And I get to use all sorts of resources and skills and observations and sort of channeling information to them so that they can kind of get on with their best life in a good way. I don't know if that describes or it sounds it sounds it sounds very creative. <laughs> and spontaneous in the yes. you know the best way. Mm -hmm. It has to be because you you have to just be where how you are experiencing somebody in that very very moment. Exactly, exactly. And when I began speaking with you and talking about the journey dance and how that resonated for me, I knew that you would recognize because in, in that experience in that environment together, that was something that you that you do very well, is to support someone's unfolding. And in that situation, it's through dance and with music. And I know that you select the music. I think you're inspired to select the music. Absolutely. And I cannot, I cannot like pre-select it even a week ahead. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It has to be right for that day. I mean, I can yes. maybe work started a day before, but it has to be finished that day. Yes. Yes. So that, believe it or not, that's the work that I do with people. And mm -hmm. it is extraordinary. 
It's amazing. It's fun. I am humbled so often by seeing how, how hard people work to find their truths, to work through their resistance, their conditioning. <laughs> and there's body work involved, not always, but sometimes. So they'll be on the table and, and I will lean in because I'm so overwhelmed with um, just the, the work that they're doing, working through their issues, sharing a story, the emotional shifts, or the physical. And I'll lean in and I'll say, you are doing so well. This is amazing. This is so fantastic. <laughs> Everyone always says, Okay, I'm just lying here and feeling really great. <laughs> so, I know, but I can feel how you're working. <laughs> I feel so relaxed. How am I working? Well, that's good. It is, like, it's a good, good way to do it. Yeah. Yes, yes. And in energy work, uh, the, the belief is, like I said before, that matter follows energy. And this is where I get to be the physicist, the theoretical physicist, and the quantum physicist that, that I love to be. This works also for my, my science mind. And uh, matter, which is all the form and substance, follows the flow of energy. Energy is thinking, energy is thought. So many of us encounter these situations that jam us up physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally because of our conditioning, something someone may love to do, uh, but they're told they can't. They're not good enough to do it. They keep pumping, bumping up against it because they know they really want to get there. Uh, it could result in shoulder issues, leg issues, uh, all different bottled up desires and hopes and wishes and dreams and emotions can pop out in all different places. So for me, it's such a joy and so satisfying to look at someone and say, oh, that's popping out and that's popping out and I see where that's like that and to work with them so it all just balances. It's the belief in energy work that people want to be in harmony with themselves all parts of them, given an opportunity to relax, given an opportunity to feel peace, given an opportunity to be in a space where there's unconditional love surrounding them, they will melt into their wholeness. So. Sounds divine. So I, I'm, I can't wait to find out what my shoulder is wanting to tell me. <laughs> no, that happens. Well, of course it does. I mean, I believe you. I believe yes. you. You've got me convinced. <laughs> they need a lot. But <laughs> wow, that's that's beautiful. I mean, so you're so articulate about this, and I mean, it just makes so much sense to me. Mm. And one of the one of the ideas that you're talking about the blockages, mm -hmm. where energy doesn't flow, the stuckness. I once listened to a, an audio tape by Gay Hendricks mm -hmm. talking about breath, and yes. he gave this metaphor of a hose, a water garden hose, that when it's kinked, Exactly. The water's not going to flow out, so you have yes. to find the place where it's kinked, unkink it, and whoosh. Yes, exactly. And I've used that ever since. I just made such an impression, mm -hmm. and I, I track in my body often to see where is the hose kinked. Mm-hmm. Yes. And can I unkink it and just open myself up to the flow? Mm -hmm. that, that feeling, the flow meaning, you know, that just a feeling of spaciousness or ease or comfort inside my body. Yes. That's not, there's nothing gripping, there's nothing holding. Of course, sometimes it's harder than other times, mm -hmm. but the more I find the more I do it, the easier it is for me to access it. Yes, yes. It brings in the happiness. It reminds us, or helps us maybe even sometimes for the first time, 
feel what we might call a high vibration emotion. Mm -hmm. Happiness, love, bliss. And the other thing is when it, people have a jam up, like let's say your shoulder, and you say, I'd love to know what my shoulder is saying. Yes, your, your shoulder is speaking to you because there's just some resistance that you have in there. By the way, you're almost over it. It's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to know. <laughs> I think that's true, too. <laughs> just a little smidgen still there. Just a smidgen in there. And there's things, there's so many ways to look at it. So, for example, for people who want to, so in this case, for you, the arms, shoulders, arms, um, and not in all cases, but in yours, it's about opening up because our arms are about hugging, they're about embracing, they're about receiving. Just do it right now. Yes. Mm. And this feeling, and in, in um, polarity, which is based in Ayurvedic medicine, the left side is the female side. And so in your particular situation. I love this little dance here. You're doing it. <laughs> so you're open. So this is just about opening up and pulling yourself in as if you're hugging yourself. This wonderful, all these wonderful mm. things that you're doing in your life that are for you, that you love, that are your special things. That's what this is about. Just do it. Allow it. You're doing beautiful. You're doing wonderful. Just it, that that was all it was. It's just that resistance mm. that some of us have. What what will people think if mm. I or how will I be responsible if I don't do this and I go do this wonderful thing that I've always dreamed of doing? And it's just this you have this and it's it's almost gone, as you know. It's this piece of embracing the self-love and adoring yourself. I mean, it's so funny. Our society somehow gave us this message we weren't supposed to adore ourselves. Yeah, it's so sad. It is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this, this thing of saying, I know who I really am. I have a vibration that aligns to that. I don't know exactly what I will do or what will come from that. But whatever comes from this adoring, wonderful energy of putting myself in the middle, it's not a narcissistic thing because we're talking about love and unconditional love coming through you. So to put ourselves in the middle, we are our own best friend. We're going to be with ourselves forever. The care and love of ourselves is the ultimate most important and from that place of giving ourselves permission, just release, relax, surrender into loving who you are and putting yourself out in the world as this unique, magnificent being, the world becomes wonderful. So it takes courage to do it because we were conditioned not to do it for many reasons. Yeah, I would like to hear what you think some of those are. Uh, condition not to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, so often the society, based on uh, your parents, based on where we are located, uh, a lot of the isms exist, right? So someone who is of, uh, you know, particular religious background, socioeconomic background. It can be even be in a home where uh, there's a, a girl, five boys and one girl, and she may believe or be told that she couldn't do something as successfully as the boys. All of that, of course, it's absolutely illogical, <laughs> but we don't know that. We receive reward and punishment. Society says, if you behave like this, then we will reward you. If you behave like this, then you will be punished. When I was very young, 
growing up, my, my neighborhood had lots of children. I was about five years old, and we used to play this game called Monster. Very, it's so stereotypical gender in the in the 60s, and the stronger older boys would be the monsters, and and the girls and the younger and maybe not as strong boys, right? A judgment there would be the victims. So the monsters would come out and they would roar and and they would get us, and then we would all be you know dead, and the game would start over. And one day I thought this is so terribly boring, so I came up with a suggestion. I was a girl. I was like in the middle of the age mix. And so I suggested that we play a game where the monsters come, but I would be the doctor in a hospital and I would have a nurse. And so when the monsters got either the, you know, whoever they were getting, those victims could come to the hospital. I would fix them up and make them stronger and they could go after the monsters. I thought, well, this is a much more fun game. <laughs> I did not know that I was being, I was bumping up against conditioning. Number one, that I, as a girl, would come up with that idea. Number two, that I would want to be the doctor. Um, there were so many reasons that that did not fly <laughs> in my neighborhood. <laughs> Somebody did not want to give up their power. <laughs> yes. yes. And so I don't remember why, but I, cho I chose or got kicked out of playing with them because I had a very different idea. It didn't stop me from coming up with ideas, but you can see that is a way that anyone yeah. would stop coming up with ideas, to yes. be socially accepted. We look at the hierarchy of human needs, Maslow's, you know, whether you believe, believe it or not, there is certainly a truth to, especially as children, we look to who we believe has the power, and as children, we, we really, in our truest, and it, it is real, if we do not uh, please them, we might not survive. So that's why sometimes giving up a shoulder piece to say, but this, I'm doing all these wonderful things, why is it still hurting? Or anything for some, why do I still have anxiety? Or why do I have this chronic back pain? To lovingly say to ourselves, ah, because somewhere in there is a fear that if I do this thing that seems like it makes so much sense that I love, if I get healthy, if I do this, I have a belief somewhere in there that I will not be safe which again, we can look at and say, whoa, that's amazing, and without judgment, nurture ourselves, understand it, and sometimes even that, just that, that self-love recognition, that kindness, that's the melting, that's the unfolding, mm. when things can shift in a second. That's beautiful, yeah, beautiful. I, last year, I remember a client of mine saying, uh, we were talking about self-love, and she was saying, well, it feels arrogant. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between arrogance and self-love? And I knew there was, but I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to contemplate on that. And then I, mm -hmm. like, read up on arrogance and self-love, yes. and I realized they're completely the opposite. Yes. Arrogance is about trying to show yourself as more than mm -hmm. somebody else. Right. And it comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Right. And self-love is just the opposite. Exactly. Yes, yes. Realizing that we, we, every single person, is a gift to the collective. The, the distinct difference in each of us is that gift that we share on the planet with one another. Mm. And instead, we do this thing where we're, we're pushing it aside, or that's different, or that's stranger, I don't understand it, or I'm too scared. We, we create a level of 
homogeneous existence because it seems to be like safe to be mm. in the, the flock. Mm. When that is not safe, there is no safety when we look at external motivation or external reward or if, anytime we look outside of ourselves we've taken ourselves out of our true alignment and given our power to the perspective of, of others. others yes and it's their perspective and their judgment and and that's such a it's a, such a fine line because we want to look to others for guidance mm -hmm. for mentorship but there's a way we still need to filter it through our own sense of what works for me or what feels yes. right. It's tricky, especially if you don't feel like you have a lot of experience in an area. Mm -hmm. You may be very tempted, or it is tempting, to say, well, you tell me what I should do. Exactly. And part of the work and what I love about um, the opportunity that I have to work with people is <laughs> my Oh, it's so exciting. It's like this raw, raw, yes, because I can really feel someone's authenticity mm -hmm. and I can feel their truth. So it's so wonderful to see people aligned. So yes, that external information is helpful as a reminder or a trigger. Uh, does this resonate? Does this not? Sometimes it's a discernment to say, oh, that does not feel right to me. It's really about us recognizing what feels right and not just through our ego, because that's still tricky with that conditioning. You know, it feels right because my mother would have approved of this, or it feels right because this went with the religion that I belong to, or this went, it's different. It feels right because there's this, and there's lots of language. I'm gonna use the word soulful or spirited. It feels right because it comes down, it almost like viscerally comes down through your body. And it's a core centering feeling to know our intuition is to know this deep resonating vibration that just sort of echoes through that says, you are all right. Mm. You are all right. And where you step next is a good place to step. Oh, what a great place to <laughs> find oneself in. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I like to have a wild card pick. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to riff on it around your personal life or your business. Just okay, put your hand in and see what you get. I'm very curious. <laughs> I love this. Very, I do my work too. We just randomly moment. grab stuff. Oh, leadership. That's so clever. That's good. Oh, it ties in. <laughs> it ties in exactly what I was saying about our authenticity. And it, it's, it's perfect. I think we often don't understand how important our authenticity is to leadership. That story I told you about when I was a child, because I have this sort of scientific pragmatic-y brain, luckily, bullies didn't bother me because they didn't make sense. <laughs> I was able to say, hmm, I see that you're making fun of my body shape, but I don't see that that really makes any sense. That has nothing to do with me as a person. It has nothing to do with this moment. It has nothing to do with my future. It has nothing to do with existence, your perception of why would you even be bothered saying something about that to me. Uh, leadership, and I'm going to use it for authenticity. The more 
we can go with this great momentum that's happening on the planet right now, individuality, authentic individuality. That's the leadership we're talking about. Not one single person. It's about each and every one of us taking humanity and the collective consciousness to a level of this gorgeous magnificence because of the uniqueness. And so if, if someone gets up and they want to wear something, and sometimes I go out of my way. You know, I love like shiny things. I have these, these shiny shoes on. Wear what you want to wear. Put your hair the way you want to put it. Follow the passion that you want to follow because it is the role modeling and the leadership of your power and your confidence to say, this is my life. I'm doing it. I'm doing my life. That changes the world. That's so great. And I'm so glad that you came and shared your insight, thoughtfulness, and playfulness <laughs> with us today. It was great, wonderful. Aileen, and I'm going to put on your, your new website address into the show notes so people great. can find you there. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. A joy always to see you and to speak with you or dance with you, whatever we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Women Inspired. Please catch us on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.